Dr. Finley, how does coronavirus affect the heart? Most people think, you know, in terms of the involvement with the lungs, at first and foremost, and clearly that is a lot of times what brings the patient in from a symptom standpoint. But we know, and there's a lot of theories out there, that there is multi-organ involvement with this immune surge that can impact all of the organs. And there's been a lot of reporting now and experiences all around the globe, and especially now in the U.S., of cardiac involvement. Some of them can be minor with minor cell death or some arrhythmias and in the more severe cases, it can have dramatic decline in heart function, lethal arrhythmias, severe heart failure and shock. And when do you find these issues with the heart? Is it in time to treat them or is it after death? Initially, we were a little gun shy about how much testing we did from the heart standpoint. Again, trying to minimize over-testing and, you know, we knew there was cardiac involvement, but what degree we weren't really sure. We know that the involvement can be quite dramatic and certainly in situations where the patient's blood pressure is dangerously low or they are having life-threatening arrhythmias or becoming clearly clinically unstable. And that's when we really turn towards cardiac situation or involvement. You know, certainly, you know, every patient that has COVID does not have necessarily cardiac implications, but I think we're learning a lot that maybe there's even more than we were even recognizing early on. So what can you do for these patients? Some people believe you could try blood thinners. A lot of scientists are noticing post-mortem there's a lot of blood clots that can go to the brain, to the, the vessels in the lungs, and there may be even some certainly documented cases of clots to the vessels supplying the heart or even the small vessels. So certain blood thinners, uh, traditional medical therapies uh, that we would for a heart attack, although it's kind of a different mechanism. And then if we really see that the heart is slipping or in severe failure or more advanced cardiogenic shock, that's when we can start upping our game in terms of medicines to support blood pressure or even give the heart extra squeeze. And if they do not respond to that, then quickly we would think about mechanical support or circulatory support to take over and do the, you know, either assist the heart work or almost take it all over completely. When you say mechanical help, what do you mean? Our initial experience and what we used probably as a first-line agent for severe post-regular traditional heart attack patients that have shock or heart failure is called a percutaneous left ventricular assist device. Abiomed makes Impella, which is probably the most common and and most widely used, and that can be placed via the groin in most cases and can give, I would say, up to two-thirds to three-quarters of support for the heart. It doesn't do it entirely, and it just supports that left side of the heart predominantly as it, you know, either recovers or not. If that doesn't cut it, then, you know, if you want greater support, there are ways to put that device in surgically, but kind of a hurried or uh, more urgent situation in the cardiac cath lab, we now have, you know, percutaneous options in the form of ECMO, which stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygen. That can be put in, again, in the cath lab where we put large tubes to basically shunt blood away from the heart and the system, we can fully oxygenate it and then redeploy it back into the body. So it's almost a heart-lung bypass uh, support outside the body that kind of, again, takes over the work of, of the heart and lungs while the body recovers. Because again, in a situation like COVID, in real severe instances, the heart and lungs can be so stunned or in shock or, or ineffective that it's not compatible with life in, in the most severe cases. Now, would this be done instead of a ventilator? 
not instead of a ventilator, almost 100% of these patients would have already either been put on a ventilator in an emergent situation at the time or have already been on a ventilator. So in the case of the VV ECMO, they've probably been on a ventilator and they're not able to oxygenate and it's just not cutting it, and that's when you would put the ECMO. In the case of a severe catastrophic circulatory or cardiac collapse, you would probably do them in tandem where you would put the put them on a ventilator and then, and then have them on VA ECMO. How long would a patient need this kind of support? Certainly, it depends a lot. There's a lot of factors that go into that in terms of how sick the patient is going into it, how young they are, what other comorbid or other medical conditions they carry. The hope being, uh, at least for full venoarterial support, you would hope that anywhere from three to seven days should get them over the hump, um, but there's no guarantee with that. You know, It could be longer. There are other types of ECMO, which just do the work of the lungs. That's called VV ECMO, where again, COVID can sometimes involve the lungs predominantly, but not really impact part. And you just, you can't oxygenate them on the ventilator. So you need to, again, kind of take away the oxygenation gas exchange capability of the lungs and and do it for them. Sounds like very expensive specialized equipment. Are there enough of these around? We're fortunate, thanks to our administration, to have it. You know, certainly it has historically been isolated to the larger quaternary academic centers, the Pens and the Jeffersons and the Temples. The problem is <laughs> COVID doesn't know geography or, or know where they are. So, you know, these sick patients can present to any hospital. And not to say every hospital should have, have this capability, but when you get in the situation of a circulatory collapse, there's no way you could transfer that patient. They would be so unstable to a place or a venue where they could do something like this. Dr. Finley, thanks for telling us about one more thing we've learned about treating patients battling coronavirus.